0: Welcome back to the Rectified Setting the Record Straight. I am your host, Kiana Sanchez, a.k.a. Keo, and I'm back with you with another episode. This is episode eight, and the title of this episode is God's Grace is Always Sufficient. And I felt led to name this title. This is because I want to talk about some things that I feel like other people may relate to. And this is just going to come from a very transparent and very genuine place so I want to talk about this touchy subject that's going to prayerfully encourage someone else on today whoever may listen to this because we're all going through something as a Christian like we're like all faced with things daily and it's hard to say that like I I can honestly say if you're a Christian and you're not faced with things to where you're fighting to to like truly stand in your faith, you have to ask yourself, am I genuinely and truly desiring God the way that I do? Because or the way that I say I do, because it's easy to get very complacent in your faith to where you just go on about compromising and backsliding and things like that. But let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I want to jump right into this topic because I just genuinely have to get a lot off of my chest. And prayerfully, it won't take too long of a recording, but prayerfully, it'll be just enough to saturate someone in like just honest truth. Because that's what we need in the body of Christ. And I feel like even though we talk a lot about being truthful, not many of us are, or even to ourselves and to others. But I want to talk about God's grace being sufficient because I know everybody understands and know the story where Paul, well, it's not a story, but it's in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians, I believe chapter 10 or 12, where Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh. And a lot of people kind of misconstrue that story to kind of fit the narrative of, oh, well, bad things are happening in my life because, you know, it's God just sustaining me and things like that. But if you actually read that part over and over, you realize that Paul says, you know, God sent a messenger of Satan to buffet me to prevent me from becoming prideful. So in other words, God will allow things or necessarily he will allow demonic hindrance because it's to prevent us from going off path or out of track of his will so i want to make that very clear in the beginning because we have to understand what god's grace is and we have to understand why he had to give paul a thorn so this thorn in paul's flesh was something to hinder him from moving forward and doing something that his flesh desired outside of the will of God. Because when you look at it, Paul had a very great relationship with God because he, he was one of the most well-known apostles of God. And before he became an apostle of Christ, he was persecuting um, Jesus. He was persecuting the church. And, of course, we know that he was met... um with Jesus at the road of Damascus and he was blinded for three days and things what and whatnot so if you don't know that story I recommend that you go read it it's in the book of um, Acts and you can find a lot of what you would need to know about that in the Bible so just please read it but anyways to get back to the thorn in the flesh when Paul was in this position where he was getting I I can honestly say he was probably in a position where he was getting ahead of himself, where he was thinking that the power that God has given him is somehow of himself. And God gave him a thorn and this thorn was a messenger of Satan. It was something that tormented him and it didn't torment him in a sense to where he was fearful, but it was an adjutant. It was something that irritated him and it prevented him from You know, doing something that he wasn't able to do, if that makes sense, like he shouldn't do. And God was like, you know, my grace is sufficient always. He was like, Lord, please remove this thorn from me because it's irritating. And God was like, isn't my grace sufficient enough? Like, isn't it? Well, he didn't say enough, but isn't my grace sufficient? In other words, he was letting him know, like, my grace is more than enough than Anything that's tormenting you, and until you realize that you can do nothing apart from the grace of God, you will continue to be irritated with whatever is of um uh, irritance to you. And honestly, I can say I have been struggling with you know this fear and I won't say it's crippling fear because I used to have crippling fear. I used to have this crippling fear to where I didn't want to leave my house because I was always thinking of final destination. I was always thinking if I leave my house I may not ever return. And by the grace of God, a woman of God, she spoke on this thing you know, randomly at the end of one of her services and she was like, and stop being so fearful. She was like, so many of y'all so scared to leave y'all homes and go do things and to live your life. And she was like, you are allowing things to hinder you from doing what God has called you to do. You're allowing things to hinder you from having a life and things like that. And she said, you're so fearful. And when she said that, I knew that was a word from the Lord because it struck me in my heart and it really opened up a door in me that was open obviously to God to not be fearful in living my life because so many of us like honestly I can say this like I would be so fearful at times because like growing up I didn't realize the power of God in my life until I came of age and understanding and I thank the Lord for allowing my mother to read the children's Bible to us because I felt like I got a a more mental picture to kind of help me understand God a little bit better but i explained explain that another time. But when I was younger, I had demonic encounters that, um, well, attacks that made me feel fearful. And I would be scared to even be in my own home. And that's not what I want. I don't want to be that person who's fearful of being in their own home. And uh, I'm a, I'm going to share this because this is something that happened to me when I believe I was about seven or eight years old. And my mom can even attest to it because she was a witness to it. But when I was about seven or eight years old, I remember it was me, my brother and my sister and my mom. And we were sleeping and I was laying um, on the floor in a sleeping bag next to my brother and my sister. And my mom was above me on the couch and. I had this very terrifying nightmare and I I was just being attacked by this demonic spirit with claws and he was chasing after me and it was just a terrifying dream and you know those dreams where you try to wake yourself and you can't exactly wake yourself and I felt like the enemy was trying to instill a type of fear in me at such a young age so I would be so fearful that I won't step into the things that God has called me to. So when I was, you know, sleeping and I had this dream, all I remember was before I woke up, this demonic spirit scratched me on my left arm. And when I woke up, I saw a very faint red scratch on my arm like I had been scratched, but it wasn't as deep as it was in a dream. And when I seen it, I, you know, pan- I had like such a panic and fear on me. I jumped up and woke my mom up and I was like, mom, mom, wake up. And she woke up and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I had a bad dream. Now, me not knowing that the word of God is true. And I thank the Lord so much for this, because I I never realized how much God had his hand on me since a young age. And the thing is, so many of us have had encounters with the Lord when we were younger and we didn't even realize it until we got older. But. I remember I woke my mom up and I was like, mom, I'm terrified. Like I had this bad dream and I told her what happened. And then she was like, well, what do you want me to do? And me not realizing, like I knew this had to be the Holy Spirit speaking. I said, can you please read the Bible to me? And I didn't know that, you know, I I could have easily said, can I watch Care Bears? Because that's what I used to do whenever I would watch a scary movie. I'm like, "Okay, let me go watch something that's going to kind of take my mind off of what's scaring me. So I was like, I'm going to watch Care Bears. I'm going to watch Strawberry Shortcake, Something that's going to take my mind off of what's scaring me. But then I told my mom, can you please read me the Bible? And she was like, okay, you know, grab me the Bible off the the table because at my grandparents' house, it was this Bible that used to sit on a table next to the couch. So I grabbed it and I gave it to her. And I honestly don't remember what part she read in the Bible, but all I know is she probably started it at the beginning in Genesis and she just read to me. And as she's reading the Bible to me, I felt the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. And I can honestly say this is probably the first time I felt the presence of God on me. If I hadn't felt it any time before, that was the first time I felt the presence of God over me. And I felt this massaging presence came over me and it was like warm liquid being poured over me and I just started laughing and my mom she's watching me and she's like you laughing (laughs) she was like what's funny and I couldn't stop laughing it's like I had this uncontrollable laugh over me because I, I was being tickled and it's like the presence of the Holy Spirit just came over me and comforted me and all I remember was waking up the next morning like I had no recall of going to sleep or, you know, not laughing anymore and things like that. And I just remember waking up the next morning and my mom, she was like, yeah, all you did was laugh and dozed off to sleep. And I was like, what? (laughs) So it was kind of, you know, funny to me. And as I begin to get older, I started started having a desire to know God because I saw how my mom was pursuing the Lord. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to know who you are because I'm seeing how you're bringing my mom so much joy and peace and things like that. And I want to know exactly what it is that you're giving her. I want to know this for myself. So when my mom would read the Bible to me and my brothers and sisters, I would be right there just soaking everything up. And... I know this is going to sound like it's kind of getting off track, but just bear with me. But (laughs) I was just soaking everything up. And as I got older and older, of course, like I did go about my own way for some time. But it wasn't until I was 17 years old that I truly and genuinely confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and accepted him into my life. And after that. I've had some of the most hardest times that I think I've ever had. I thought, you know, the times I had before were hard, but no. Like, it's like when I came to Christ, I started dealing with more problems than I wanted to deal with. And I thought, well, ain't my life supposed to be easier? Because <laughs> I'm like, isn't my life supposed to be more simple and like pleasant and nothing but joy? So, of course, in the beginning, I didn't understand that there was going to be a suffering that came. And it made sense to me as I studied the word of God more and I started to pursue God for myself. And I was like, Lord, I understand. You know, he he started making things plain to me and he was letting me know because I've noticed so many people twisted the scripture. But uh, the scripture goes since the days of John the Baptist. um. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. So for a long time, I thought that, you know, how people preached it, they made it sound like, oh, you got to take back what's yours from the enemy by force. But I'm like, no, it says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. So we're not the violent man. We're not the violent person. And we know that God doesn't like violence. So why would we even consider ourselves to be violent? And I understand people will be like, oh, well, you know, the word of God says, you know, you got to bind the strong man and take his spoils. And I'm like, we can't bind anything apart from the Holy Spirit. So when I started to understand that scripture more, where he says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force, I started seeing that we just as the Word of God says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. This is what it's telling us. He's telling us just that in that verse. He says, since the days of John the Baptist, because when John the Baptist came, he said what was preached since him, the kingdom, and the kingdom of God was established when the four um well when John the Baptist came before Christ preaching this message because he had to be the one to go before him to to clear the way, to open the way. So when he did that, Jesus was able to come in. God had allowed John to be a vessel because John had been baptized with the Holy Spirit since he was in the womb. Ah, thank you, Jesus. But I I don't want to get into preaching just now, but I'm just allowing the Holy Spirit to use me. But, oh, thank you, Jesus but in this time we have to realize that if we are born again and we have come to know who Christ is we have entered into the kingdom of God we have become ambassadors of Christ we are the influence of the kingdom of heaven in the earth and it says because we're the kingdom of uh, we're the influence of the kingdom of heaven in the earth we're going to have Violence coming against us. We're going to have demonic forces coming against us. We're going to have things trying to stop us and hinder us. And of course, when we have this power, we have to be remained in Christ. Because anytime we as Christians, when we get so caught up in ourselves and we think that the power that the Holy Spirit has given us, we think of it as our own, that's when we start to lose sight Because God didn't give us this power to say that we're better than the next person. He didn't give us this authority to to rule over people. Now, Jesus came to establish what was established in the beginning. Just as uh, God said to Adam, he said, be fruitful and multiply. We shouldn't look at this as just producing babies. Anything that God produces, it produces good. So anything that God has, it generates into more and it generates into something good. It becomes more and it becomes good. So when he said be fruitful and multiply, he means every good thing. Just as the word of God says, be fruitful in every good work. That's what he's saying. Everything that we do should be of God and it should be of fruitfulness and it should be of goodness and it should show the righteousness of God in us. So he said, be fruitful and multiply. And then he also said, have dominion in the earth, over the fish, the birds, the you know, everything, over all creation except man. He never said to have dominion over man because we see where that goes. When people think they have dominion over people, that's when dictatorship comes in. That's when tyranny comes in. So that's why we have to be careful not to think that God is telling us to have power or control over anyone else because we are... Created in the image of God. We were made in his likeness. So therefore, we shouldn't have, you know, charge over each other. But we are to have charge over every other creation and living thing in this earth. He said to have dominion over it. And then he said to subdue the land. In other words, cultivate the land. Produce good in it. Use your sources, use everything that he's given us, all the resources that he's given us, because God is the true source. And when God has given us the idea and everything that we need, we must go forth and produce that in the land. So in other words, cultivating the land, not only just farming, but it's cultivating land, producing things that not only make our lives more simpler, but it helps and provides and produce more of God's goodness. So that's what he's saying. And that's what Jesus came when he brought back the kingdom. He said he came to preach the kingdom, the kingdom of God. He brought grace and truth. And I know that we all know grace to be the unmerited favor of God. When you have favor in your life from God, understand this. God has given you a, a, um, a, a reason to ask for what you need. And you'll be able to have it, but you shouldn't ask in a place of selfishness. You shouldn't ask from a place of, you know, in your heart that's not rooted and grounded in God. That's why he tells us to be rooted and grounded in love. To love the Lord, that God, with your mind, body, soul, and strength. And to love, you know, your neighbor as you love yourself. But I realized when God said my grace is sufficient is he said, When you realize that the favor of God over your life is more sustainable than anything else that you can do. This is why Jesus preached so heavy on not to worry. He said, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has, you know, itself to worry about. He says thrown in the oven. So why are you worried about tomorrow? He said, don't worry about the clothes that you will wear, the food you will eat. Don't worry about these things because God provides. He said, if God, who is, you know, such a good father, you know, gives good gifts he said if you who are evil gives good gifts to your children how much more will god give you and i was like the more i start to understand it i'm telling y'all man this stuff started to resonate in me and i'm like god i'm sorry for anything i've said and done to where i thought that i was in control of the situation because i'm not because when we start to live from a fleshly standpoint, God will allow things to literally hinder us. We will feel like we're losing our mind, but really God is trying to get us back on track because he knows that we need him. He will allow things to torment us just like he did with Saul in um, 1 Samuel, just like he did with Saul. Saul was tormented with the spirit because he kept trying to go out of order. He, he kept trying to do things out of the order of God. And just like Samuel told him, the prophet Sam Samuel, he said, you know, obedience is better than a sacrifice. He told him, Rebellion is as witchcraft. And um, I forgot how the other part goes, but he said rebellion is as witchcraft, and the other part is as um oh goodness, I can't remember it, but I believe it's in 1 Samuel chapter 22. But we have to really sit here and ask ourselves am I going through this because I'm out of order? Because I realized I was out of order the last few uh, days, actually weeks. I was out of order. And even in our disorder, God can still use us, but I don't want to be in disorder and still be used by God. I want to be in order, in ordinance of God's will, and be used by him. Because we we get so caught up in, you know, our own ways and our own understanding and way of doing things and we think we know more than god and when god sends you know a messenger of satan to buffet us it's to help us that's a that's a a sense a form of god throwing us in his furnace and allowing us to be purified so that we can be made pure and i'm like lord we always singing make me over again And we're saying things like, you know, change me, oh God, and this and that. We sing all these these songs, but then when God truly brings it upon us, we, we immediately begin to doubt, and we begin to worry, and we begin to complain. And God is like, I'm purifying you. I'm refining you. I'm changing you. Isn't this what you desired? And when we get to this place, we begin to to cry out to god and be like god remove this from my life and he said my grace is sufficient the favor of god is to purify you the favor of god isn't some materialistic thing to where we can just have what we want yeah god to provide these things and he wants us to prosper and be in good health even as our souls prosper but one thing we have to remember our soul has to prosper too and anything that's in our soul that is not of God, it will be buffeted, it will be purified, it will be refined, and he'll remove it. He's removing all the dross from us so that we can be in right standing with him. That's what it means when he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Is seeking the, the altar of God, Is coming to God, having personal relationship and in pre- in presence with him, and to seek his righteousness is to have right standing with him. Because honestly, y'all, I'm going to talk about this because I haven't really been open about a lot of stuff with certain people. Because I, I just came to this place where I'm like, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired of people saying they support me and they don't really show it. I was like, I'm tired of having people in my life saying that they're friends to me, but yet we don't talk. And then I know people use the excuse of, well, we all have our own personal lives and we're busy. And I'm not knocking that at all because it's true. We all do have our personal lives and we're all busy. But then when you need a friend to talk to and pray with, it's like no one wants to do it. And of course, I do have friends who are willing to talk with me and pray with me. And I'm very grateful for those people. And I thank God for them because I knew God put them in my life in a time and place because I I knew I needed them. And I knew they needed me. But it's people I've been friends with for years that I no longer or hardly ever talk to. It's people that I grew up with and I I thought this was going to be a lifelong friendship. But then I'm realizing, just like the word of God says, you know, a a true friend is someone who will stick closer than than a brother. And I've gotten to this place where I'm like, really, some of these people were bad communications that corrupted my good behavior. And I was like, "Lord, I don't want to be in this back and forth circle where I'm so dependent and leaning to my own understanding and dependent on myself and on other people more than I am you." And I I've came to this place where I'm like, "Lord, I just want to trust you in all that I do. I just want to believe you in all that I do because at the end of the day, his grace is always sufficient; his will for your life will always be more than enough, like he says he says in jeremiah twenty nine eleven for I know the thoughts I have for you, plans to pro-, he said, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope for an expected end, like he wants nothing but the best for us, but we act like it's so hard to trust God. We act like God can't really do what he said he'll do. And until we get all that unbelief out of our heart and just truly trust God for what he said, we'll begin to see a change in our life like never before. I'm telling you, we have to trust God. I'm beginning to understand it more when he said my grace is sufficient. Because it truly is. His grace has never let us down one bit, but yet we always seem to think that all is lost when we go through sufferings in this life. He said, if you suffer with me, you will reign with me. This suffering cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. And I'm not talking about no, you know, oh, yeah, this is just like some people paint glory as having a lot of money and having a nice home and stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, God can bless us in ways like that, but a blessing isn't merely in this carnal world. A blessing to be blessed is like it says in the beatitude. He said, blessed is he who mourns. He said, because he'll be comforted. So when God sees mourning, know that the comforter, the Holy Spirit, he is with us. The comforter, he will fill us in our time of mourning. He said, blessed is he who is poor. Why? He said because God will give him all that he needs. Blessed is he who hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Like the word of God is no joke. He, he says what he means and he means what he says. And there are deeper revelations to this thing. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to give it to us. We have to allow him to sustain us. Like the word of God says. He said. We cannot stand. Unless you know he makes us to stand. We cannot stand unless he makes us to stand. Like he says in in um the beginning of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. He says not by might and not by power but by the spirit until we realize it is God who is the consuming fire and people paint this consuming fire as destruction no the consuming fire of God is a purifying a purifying fire it removes all things that are not of him and we say we want to be refined but when we get into that process we don't know how to respond we find ourselves being more mad at our spouses being ready to divorce and stuff over some of the most simplest matters and God is saying all you have to do is talk to each other and be understanding of each other but we we get so caught up in ourselves we think our our feelings are more important than our spouses when really we should care more about our spouses feelings than our own vice versa because when you look at the principles of marriage in First Corinthians chapter 7, he tells us your body is not your own. It belongs to your spouse. And people look at that in a sense of just sex. But no, he's saying that how you are looking, how well kept you are, is a reflection of your spouse. And your spouse is a reflection of you. So if they're looking all down and out, you have to understand it's because of you. If they looking sick and tired, it's because of you. And I understand it's not always because of, you know, the the spouse. Some spouses make that choice. And sadly, some people marry unbelievers. But you have to understand, your spouse is a reflection of you. And it's the same with us in our relationship with God. And I, I won't say it's too much of it. Like, take that with a grain of salt when I say this. If you aren't living in a way and manner that pleases God and you're not living in a way that's connected to God, understand you're going to look just like what you are in relationship with. Because if it ain't God, it's obviously the enemy. And if you're in relationship with the enemy, you're going to start to look just like him. But when you're in relationship with God and you're in continuous, continual fellowship with God, you begin to look more like God. You begin to look more like Christ. And we know that the word of God is a mirror. It's something we ought to reflect. It's something that we need to understand. Like people have to understand the Old Testament. Yeah, it has things in there that can help us with today. But y'all have to stop living in the old and living in the new. The Old Testament was an example of what the kingdom of God would come to be in the New Testament. And we're currently in the new. Just like it says in the New Testament. I have to find that scripture. But just like it says in the New Testament that all the handwritten requirements and things like that were wiped away in the cro- by the cross, through the cross. Yeah, that's in Colossians chapter 2. If you don't believe me, you can go check it out for yourself. But in 2 Corinthians, not Second Corinthians, in Colossians chapter 2, it says that Christ disarmed all principalities through the power of the cross. When we begin to understand our authority, we'll be afraid of nothing. We'll trust God more than anything. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I tell you right now, so many people don't understand this. And I, I, ooh, I'm i going to declare this right now and today. I'm going to see a miracle in my life. I'm going to see a miracle in my life right now. Because even though I lost my son in June, I lost my son June 30th of last year. And that was one of the hardest losses I ever took. And I begin to understand how God's grace is so much more than what we know it to be. Because even though I took a loss, I gained so much more in that time from God. I begin to understand the long suffering of love. I begin to understand how he feels when he loses us. And even though I lost my son, I know he's with the Lord. But during that loss, I began to understand God's love for us. He cares for us so much. He knew us even before we knew ourselves. And he wanted nothing more than to protect us. But because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence taken by force, is things that we lose. But even though we've lost, like he says... We will gain much more. We will gain so much more. That's why I don't doubt that God will bless me with many children. Because he already told me so. I'm not looking at this from a carnal perspective anymore. I won't allow the enemy to have me in a place of fear anymore. I won't allow him to have me in a place of doubt and unbelief anymore because God is so good and I've seen him so much in my life to deny that even when things don't seem to work out the way that we want it we have to learn to still trust God because it doesn't matter what it looks like or what we've been through God is always with us he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us And in this time, we must watch and pray, y'all. Pray when you even can't. Because there's times I can't even pray. Because of all the stuff I feel. And the things that I've went through. It's so much that I've arbored up in myself. And I didn't know how to talk to people about it. And I genuinely felt like I was losing it. I felt like I was going to have a psychotic break. But God... He keep me sane. I'm telling y'all. He keeps me so sane and stuff. That I know most people probably couldn't even handle. And that's why I encourage people so much. To know God for their self. And to have a relationship with him. Because I, I know for sure. I wouldn't make it in this life. If it wasn't for God. If it wasn't for Jesus. Because his love truly is so much more than what we think it is. We're gonna suffer some losses in this life. But just like he did for Job, it may not have to be as tragic as Job, but just like he did for Job, we have to understand that God will give us so much more when we remain faithful, when we trust him. I went a whole year desiring a child. I went a whole year and I still am. I was like, but I trust God. And I know that he, He's faithful and He's just. And I thank Him so much every day. I thank Him. And I know I shouldn't be crying on my podcast, but I just like I tell y'all, I want this to be real and authentic. I want y'all to know. I want y'all to feel God's love through this podcast because it's so real. It's so real. And I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful. Because times do get hard. It does. But we have to know to trust God. We just have to truly know to trust him. But on that note. I'm going to end the podcast here. But before I end it. I would like to pray. I would like to say a simple prayer. <sighs> Father God, we thank you all today. Lord, we know that you are holy. And we just thank you. We ask that you forgive us of anything we thought said and did wrongfully. And we ask that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that you forgive us our debts as, as we forgive our debtors. And that You lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil, for we know that yours is the power, the kingdom, and all the glory. Father God, we ask that you sustain us continuously, keep us in our right mind, that we remain in perfect alignment with you, that we continue to seek your kingdom, that we not forget all that you've done for us, and that you help our unbelief, Father God. We ask that you give us courage and strength, In our time of weakness, we know that your grace is always sufficient. We know that you are more than enough, Father God, than we can ever ask. And then when we're filled with you, Father God, we pray that we'll be able to pour over into others. And I thank you again, Lord. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the message given on today. And I pray that whomever it it is meant to reach, that it reaches them, Father God, and it penetrates their heart. And that it, it'll bring a, a true divine connection with them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all be blessed. And if you haven't today, please read your Bible. <laughs> please pray. And just truly thank God for all that he's done. Because he is so awesome. He truly is. But this is the rectified setting the record straight. I'm your host, Kiana Sanchez, a.k.a. Kiyo, and this is episode eight. God's grace is always sufficient. Y'all be blessed.